Good morning, all listeners. It is Saturday, August 6th, 2022. It is 8.45 a.m. Pacific Time. And this is episode 167 of Ball Talk with Boogie and the Baron. I'm Boogie! And I am the Baron. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first episode of August. Episode 166 was taped on Sunday, July 31st, and we return six days later. Happy August, Boogie. Happy August, my friend. How have you been doing? We are doing great. It's been a fantastic week of baseball betting. Baseball is in full swing. We are approaching the end of the regular season. We have college football starting three weeks from today. How exciting. Oh, so exciting. Can't wait, but... Let's slow down. We still have a full month and a half of baseball. Yes, we do. We got a lot of uh, still factors to play in this playoff race. Yes. And we're excited about it. The trade uh, deadline has gone and passed. Man. A lot of crazy stuff happened with this trade. We expected Juan Soto to leave the Washington Nationals, and that's exactly what happened. Yep. Uh, the Nationals go ahead and get rid of Josh Bell. Get rid of Juan Soto, and they get rid of him to the San Diego Padres. Unbelievable. And it was funny. We were talking on Sunday about how there hasn't really been any splashes in the uh, trade deadline. And I'll tell you what, Monday and Tuesday, these guys just hammered home on these trades, man. Sure I mean, did. They picked up a ton of people. The uh, The Padres reached the deal. It was really funny because they, they – uh, the Padres get Juan Soto and Josh Bell, and uh, for a package of players, including Eric Hosmer. Yeah, Eric Hosmer had a no trade clause, so he could determine if he wanted to go where they were trading him. He says, "I'm not going to Washington." Mm-hmm. So San Diego puts Luke Voigt, the former Yankee, in yep. instead. Luke Voigt gets packaged in the deal and goes to the Nationals. Eric Hosmer gets shipped out to Boston, and Hosmer now plays for the Red Sox. Yeah, that was pretty interesting there. Uh, you know, and of course we had some other uh, trades that went on that were uh, expected and unexpected. I know the Yankees kind of lost out a little bit on what they wanted, missed out yeah, on Castillo true. for a starting pitcher. Yeah, um, and then there was a failed trade where the Yankees tried to get Pablo Lopez. Um, and instead, they had to do some kind of crazy situation and baffled their own player, who was homegrown out of the uh, out of their own minor league system, was with the Yankees for six years, yeah. born and raised in the tri-state area. Uh, Jordan Montgomery, as Jordan Montgomery, last-minute trade gets traded to the Cardinals for Harrison Bader. Actually. For Harrison Bader, who's hurt right now and playing in another month will probably not be playing until at least mid-September. He could be huge for them, though. He got speed on the bases, and that adds to that outfield depth that we were talking about. So we were talking about Brian Cashman, actually, trying to figure out what he was going to do. I don't know. I mean, I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see as the playoffs come. You know, Cashman has to figure something out to talk about to to the media to uh, kind of defend what what he did and get rid of this uh, Jordan Montgomery, who was so-so, but was pretty... Pretty damn good compared to some of the other uh, players that they have uh, going right now. With yep. uh, Herman actually hurt and pitching actually today against right. Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery. Montgomery making his debut for the Cardinals against the Yankees, the team that traded him last week. That's crazy. Interesting. And ba- 
Bader's not going to be playing, but if he does come back healthy, they have speed on the bases, speed in the outfield. Yep. They can move um, a couple guys around. We got Aaron Judge now going to be playing uh, probably primarily right field. When Bader comes back, he could play center field. Right. Uh, so that'll be nice. But interesting to see. And they did get rid of finally Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo to the Dodgers um, for Clayton Beater, a, a minor league right hander. So Joey Gallo gets shipped to the Dodgers. The Yankees were active at the deadline, making some moves. Um, they also picked up Frankie Montas, as we talked about. Yes, so that was a, a good, good pick a good up. deal for him. So the Yankees very active at the deadline. Should be starting tomorrow. Okay, yeah. So Frankie Montas looking to get the start. We'll, we'll maybe preview a Yankees game tomorrow with Montas as the starter. Them and the Padres in both leagues probably the most active. The Padres. Picked up Brandon Drury, who's having a career year, batting 295. He's a utility guy that can play all over the infield and outfield. And he's already made a splash, hitting a grand slam in his first game in a Padres uniform. Man, the pickups they got with Soto and Bell and Brandon Drury, and then you're waiting for Tatis to come back. Yep. That lineup come October is going to be lethal in San Diego. Going to be interesting to see if they can compete. Um, I can't see them taking over that West, but uh, no. obviously we have a lot of interesting uh, for the wild card. It for sure is going to be very interesting. A hundred percent, and and you know you you said it right there. And also another team, the Mets actually got a few hitters in their lineup. They picked up Darren Ruff from San Francisco. They picked up Daniel Vogelback from the uh, from the Pirates, and they picked up Tyler Naquin from the Reds. So they got three bats. To add to their already powerful lineup. We all know they had that great pitching. They did what they had to do to get some good bats in that lineup at the deadline. So the Mets continued to do their thing, which was good. Um, the Pirates and Cardinals had an interdivisional trade where the Pirates sent Chris Stratton, who was their best reliever, yeah. and uh, Jose Quintana, their best pitcher, to the Cardinals. Interesting. So the, so the Cardinals picked up some guys. Jose Quintana made his Cardinals debut a couple days ago, six innings and one hit ball and got a win. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you leave the Pirates. Yeah, you leave the Pirates and you go and... <laughs> you start winning. Yeah, you start winning. You do fantastic. Um the Braves acquired Robbie Grossman, the starting left fielder from the Tigers. We knew they would be sellers at the deadline. Um, the uh, Braves acquired Jake Odorizzi from the Astros, and he actually made his debut yesterday, and he pitched okay. Um, there was a lot of good moves for these teams. and I mean, who, who's your biggest winner at the deadline, Boogie? Probably the Padres? I would say the Padres, um, and uh, big big shout-out to them. They've already been uh, talked about as a – a World Series possible uh, appearance uh, based off of, you know, obviously you got to show it on the field, but based off of this move, yeah. uh, when Tatis comes back, man, that's going to be a lethal lineup. Yeah. Their pitching is pretty good, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, what happens is is they get short, short series, and all it takes is a win or two to steal a game on the road, and you might be right in position to be able to make yourself a, a yep. uh, big-time playoff contender. Yep. And you know, all the uh, all the big powerhouse contenders did add some pieces um, in this trade deadline. And when you look at it, we, we kind of previewed it and we set it up for everybody and how it was going to go. Your seller dwellers were seller dwellers, and then your top tier teams that are in the playoff hunt they made moves to improve their ball club and try to 
enhance their chances at a World Series run come October. Because you know baseball, especially now with them expanding to six teams, you don't have that one-game wild card game where you got a winner go home. Now that you expanded it and you got 12 teams, I mean, realistically, I know you have your your higher higher power teams that are going to get these buys like the Yankees and the Astros and the Dodgers and the Mets. But realistically, it's baseball. So the World Series champion is not always the best team. No. It's usually the team that's playing the best baseball at that time. So if you're any of these 12 teams that get in this thing, you got a chance. Doesn't matter who you are. You look at the Nationals years ago. You look at the Cubs. You look at the Braves last year. You look at the Diamondbacks back in the day when they beat the Yankees. You look at the the Florida Marlins that beat the Yankees. We kind of talked about this this morning. Yeah, and yeah. There's a lot of teams that you're, you don't you don't necessarily have to be the best team. I mean, the Seattle Mariners back in the day when they had a Rod, they won like 120 games. They lost in the divisional series. Yeah, anything can happen. In America's pastime, and that's why we love baseball so much. That's why we love baseball so much. The fact is, is that it is the who's hot and who's not. It is. Um, you know, those series shorten up. Uh, you've got, you know, your top three pitchers, and yep. every uh, third day, fourth day, you're pitching, and yep. this the way the series is are working out. Um, that's the reason why. Uh, you got to get your top two, top three aces, and mm-hmm. pitching is very important. Yep. Uh, and of course, obviously. Uh, these teams are fighting for their lives to be able to get just in the playoffs at this point. Baseball and hockey's always been like that, to where if you get in the postseason, you have a chance to win a championship. In years past, the NFL and the NBA has, have always been a little predictable in terms of who's going to get there. Now, that changed a little bit this year when you had the Rams and the Bengals play. Both of them teams played on Wild Card Weekend, and they played in the in the Super Bowl. Right. So it was like, okay, the NFL's getting a little more balanced. Right. Same thing with the NBA. You had Golden State win the championship this year. They were a three seed in the West. So in years past, usually there was like a ninety percent chance if you had talent, you had to have the buy in the NFL, or you had to be a one or two seed in the NBA to make the championship game or series, and now we're starting to see a little bit of balance throughout the all leagues. Mm. I mean, and then obviously you have college football. They did expand to the playoff. That's always going to be top heavy with these top tier teams. Right. And now NIL money is going to have a big impact on that as well. But you know, years ago, even in college football, they cut down on the scholarships per team, so you got better players going to different schools, and they're 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 able to expand. So I think sports in general, general for years to come. Is in a very good position in terms of their the, their balance of their postseason. Yeah, um, yeah and, I can see that. And and nothing nothing shouts that more than Major League Baseball. It's always been the most balanced. You know, I I think about the uh, the the Giants team back in 2014. They're in the wild card game on the road. The last team to get in, they beat the Pirates. They ran all the way and won the World Series that Card- year. Cardinals did too as well. Anything um, can happen. A wild in baseball. card team. Yep. So that's what we're looking at right now. You know, I, you ask me right now. I mean, top to bottom, I still think the Yankees are are tough, but I could definitely see them as beatable. You know, unfortunately yeah. for those New York fans, I mean, 
you know, and that's why Brian Cashman, uh, their GM, was really trying to get a couple of top-notch uh, starting pitchers. Mm-hmm. He knows that that's what they need. Their uh, their relievers are are struggling right now. Yep. Um, they're being put in a hard position based off of their starting pitching not being. Garrett Cole, I'll tell you right now, Garrett Cole needs to start pitching like an ace. He does. Uh, this this guy has been pretty good this year, but he has not been lights out like uh, what he's getting paid. Right. When you're paying all that money, they expect big time returns, and that's what needs to happen. And uh, you know that's why they were looking for you know, a Pablo Lopez or a Castillo to be uh, their one-two punch. Mm-hmm. You know, having to give up uh, a you know a guy like a Jordan Montgomery that's been decent, yeah. not not lights out, but decent for them after they've had you know issues with some of their their number four, their number five uh, starting pitchers. Yes. So of course that's what we need to see out of them. Uh, obviously they're going to have to compete with those Astros. Yeah. They're going to have to compete with some of the top top teams in you know the, someone like the Mariners. Could get hot as well and, and upset the Yankees them at the right time down the road. Absolutely. So that's that's why these trades are important. The Yankees are actually, as we go into our standings update here, a lot's happened this week, and the Yankees have actually lost three games in a row. And that combined with the Astros and Dodgers, both on winning streaks, the Yankees are in two races right now, Boogie. The Yankees are in a race for the best record in baseball because the best record in baseball hosts the World Series if you get there. Whoever has the best record during the time of the World Series will host it. So you look at the Dodgers, who have overtaken the major leagues with the best record, 73-33, and 33, now a three-and-a-half game lead for the best record in baseball on the Yankees. To, now, now, obviously, for that to even matter, the Dodgers have to get to the World Series. Mm. But if you can even shrink it down to this race for the Yankees, they're only a half a game up on the Astros right now. They are. They both have 70 wins. The Yankees got 37 losses compared to the Astros' 38. Why does this matter? I'll tell you why it matters. Because if they play in that ALCS, the Yankees are going to want to have home field. They want that to go to the Bronx. They don't want to go down to Minute Maid and play that Astros team's at home who's been to like three of the last five World Series. And right now the Astros have their number. So they're yes. in trouble. They are in trouble. So that's your two top races. The Yankees still with a, a double-digit lead in the East and the Astros still with a double-digit lead in the West. Highly doubt they're going to choke that away. They both are two good ball clubs and they'll get some wins down the stretch. So you're looking at no matter what, that race right there within the American League is for that number one spot. Because then you get to play the 4-5 winner, and then you get to host and host and host all the way through. Compared to being the two seed, you know, you got to hope for upsets along the way. Oh, yeah. So a lot can happen, but you got the Yankees and Astros competing for those top two seeds. Nobody else is really even close to them. I mean, the next closest team right now looks like the Minnesota Twins, who are still the three seed in the Central. Um, they're about 14 games behind these guys. So you're going to have Yankees and Astros at the 1-2 no matter what. Um, t- transitioning into the Central, though, the Central has actually gotten really, really interesting with um, the Twins, Guardians, and White Sox all just... No one's been able to overtake the Twins yet, but the Guardians and White Sox keep flip-flopping 2-3. and three. They're deadlocked right now with the same record, 54-52. and 52. Both teams, two games back of the Twins. The Twins have been hanging on, it seems like, since early June when we started talking about this race. 
they still have not surrendered their place on the mountaintop quite They yet. have not. And, uh, you know, obviously Cleveland's got a, a little bit of a tough weekend this weekend playing against those Astros. Yep. Uh, so they've got some tough times. Uh, and, of course, Minnesota just keeps doing what they're doing, playing that, you know, up and down ball. But they're yep. struggling because the White Sox are struggling, too. All three of these teams are within a two two games of each other. Yep. But only at 56 to 54 wins. I mean, that that's all they are right yeah. now. So that's why it's so tough for one of these teams to, to really take off. None of them are really all yeah. dominant and overpowering. Exactly. And I think what it's going to boil down to, as long as these other wild card teams keep winning, you're looking at the AL Central, kind of a March Madness term here, being a one-bid division. One because bid. you look at... You know, right now the way the wild card is is looking in the American League, you have the Blue Jays who have a better record than everybody in the Central. You have the Rays who have a better record than everybody in the Central, and you have the Mariners who have a better record than everybody in the Central. Your four, five, and six seeds in the American League all have a better record than every single team in the American League Central, and that's what we're talking about. So you're gonna have. You know, as of right now, you're looking at a Blue Jays-Rays series up in Toronto, and then you're looking at the Twins hosting the Mariners. And But you got a lot of teams here right on the cusp. You have the Orioles, who are still alive. They're still playing good baseball. They got an easy series at home against my Pittsburgh Pirates, who I don't really want to talk too much about. <laughs> just a little just a little teaser, a little, um, what do they call it, whenever... Um, you're, you're, you're a movie critic, and you're not allowed to give out a spoiler. A spoiler. little spoiler. The uh, Orioles are going to be our first pick today, and we will talk about that here in a little bit. But the Orioles are sitting there at 55-51 and 51 with a home series against the Pirates, who they beat yesterday. They'll probably sweep the Pirates, and they're only one game behind the Twins, who are in the central lead right now. Mm-hmm. So you got... You got an Orioles team a game and a half back of the wild card. You have the Guardians and White Sox two and a half back. The Red Sox have been back and forth. They 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 lose games. I mean they lost to they lost to the Royals on on Thursday. Uh, they bounced back with a win yesterday against the Royals. We'll see what happens with the Bo Sox, who were three and a half back. And then you know you got the Rangers in the danger zone nine and a half back, twelve uh, games under five hundred. Looking like they could be on their way out the door soon, but I mean, in this American League, you got the top heaviness with the Yankees and the Strohs. You got a great AL Central battle, and then a great Wild Card battle. So this is going to come right down to it for what six teams are going to get in this thing. Yeah, and, that, and that's why we talked about even a few episodes ago is is how strong the American League East is uh, to be able to have the Boston Red Sox at five hundred at fifty four and fifty four, only three and a half games back of the wild card uh, and of course the White Sox are mixed in there at two and a half back and the Guardians also at two and a half but the Baltimore yeah. Orioles to be only game and a half back at 55 and 51 overtaking some of these yeah. these uh, American League Central teams uh, based off of record that's what we we see yep. as far as how the strength of the American League East has been all year that's the American League East strength is as easy as this. The Twins lead the Central, and they're only three games better than the Red Sox, who are dead last in the American League East. It's crazy. The AL East is top-heavy, and it's a shame that not all these teams can get in. I mean, the most they could get with, with the new divisional uh, realignments and the way the postseason format is, you can get four teams in your division in. 
I mean, if you look at the Yankees winning the division, the Blue Jays and Rays hold serve, and if the Orioles can overtake the Mariners, you'd have four American League East teams out of the six that are in the postseason. Yeah. That'll set up for some real good series between some divisional rivals. Super interesting. We'll see how it goes down. We'll see if the Mariners can finish it this year. We've It's well documented. They fell short last year. I'd like to see them in. Yeah, me too. I, I like it just the way it is right now because I, I love the Orioles, and I think the Orioles getting in would be a really fun story. But they remind me, they remind me a lot of the... Mariners last year, like this team may just fall a little short. They they traded Trey Mancini. We didn't even talk about that. They traded Trey it's Mancini. It's a great story. Trey Mancini to the Astros. Trey Mancini has hit three home runs in his first four games. Yesterday he hit a grand slam. And I'm just thinking if I'm the Orioles, you're in striking distance. Why are you trading your best hitter to the Astros? Yeah, that was crazy. They're still fighting there, and that's that's the one thing I do. I love the Orioles uh, in this series this weekend. But, yeah, that, that was a little surprising to me to get rid of one of their best players. Um, honestly, who knows? You know, maybe there was some, you know, back uh, front office talk as they knew that maybe they were not going to be able to make it all the way through. And they saw an opportunity where, you know, I don't know if anyone knows about the Trey Mancini story, but he's been battling cancer and he, he – uh, he wound up uh, coming back this past year, and he's doing really well. He's and doing great. They figured maybe give him uh, an opportunity to yeah. play on a really good uh, Houston team. Yeah. Give him a shot to uh, to earn a, a trip to the World Series. Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's a possibility. No one's really talking about that. That'd be a that'd be a hell of a story for Mancini to, you know, get to the World Series. I mean, after all he's been through. I mean, he had two home runs yesterday. And they're plugging him into an absolutely loaded loaded lineup. You know, he he's batting in the six hole for the Astros. Yeah. And he was the best hitter on the Orioles. That's how loaded that Astros team is. You know, you've got, you know, Altuve, Gurriel, Alvarez, Bregman, Mancini. I mean, this team's absolutely loaded in their pitching. Their pitching's really came around. You know, Mattress Mack laid ten million on them and Honestly, that's not a bad bet. This is a team that could get hot with their bats and hot with their pitching. They obviously have a healthy Verlander this year at the top of that rotation. Probably the Cy Young winner. Valdez is an all-star. I mean, the Astros look like a powerful team. And adding Mancini was so perfect because he could just play DH and hit bombs the whole postseason. Yeah, he's going to be really good for them. I I really think that was a nice pickup, quiet pickup for them. But like I said, I I think it's a great story. Uh, If no one has really followed that, uh, definitely look into the Trey Mancini story. Yes, 100%. And we look at the National League, and the Dodgers have really ran away with this. They win six, seven games in a row all the time. They're in the middle of a six-game winning streak as it sits. Um, I believe last week, uh, last Saturday, they were on a six-game winning streak, too, and lost a couple, and then now they're on the winning streak again. I mean, best record in baseball, 73-33. and 33. You know, it's well-documented that San Diego made all those great moves at the deadline, but I think this division's wrapped up. The, the Dodgers aren't going to lose enough games. The Dodgers are looking like they're going to have the best record in baseball, and you know, they got that division wrapped up and they damn near have the number one seed locked up with a six game lead over the New York Mets, who are having a great year, too. Yeah, Mets are having a great year, and uh, this Braves team is going to definitely give them a battle throughout for the next uh, six, seven weeks. Uh, but this Dodger team, I don't think that we'll uh, be able to relinquish at all, even with the added offensive power that the Padres did with Soto and Bell. Yep. Uh, but I will tell you this. 
if you have been uh, paying attention to any of MVP races, they had for value wise, they got Juan Soto at thirty to one to win the MVP. Wow! And I haven't seen an update yet on that, but just even after a day after he got traded, he was at thirty to one to win the MVP off of that uh, losing team, the Washington Nationals, back to the Padres. So, you know, if you want to take a shot on him, see what happens down the road the next six, seven weeks. But he's going to still have to fight a lot to, to be able to uh, overcome some of these other other guys. But top tier, he wasn't going to win with Nationals, that's for sure. No, now he has an opportunity to push the Padres somehow out of this hole in the West. They actually are in the midst of a series against the Dodgers. The Dodgers honored Vince Coley last night and blew San Diego out in that game. Um, they resume their series today. We'll talk about that game as we have a play on that game too. Um, but yeah, you have, you have the Dodgers. Obviously, from their outlook, their goal essentially is to win the West, have the best record in baseball, get to the World Series, have home field in the World Series, make make the World Series trophy, go through Dodger Stadium, and silence the critics that say that their 2020 World Series isn't a fluke because you had a 60-game season and you played at neutral sites. The Dodgers are trying to, similar to the Astros, Astros are trying to prove everybody wrong that they can win without quote-unquote cheating, and the Dodgers are trying to prove that they can win out of COVID. And it's still amazing because the Yankees are favored, uh, as we talk about odds here, the Yankees are still the favorite at plus 3-1. to one. Uh, you got the Dodgers right behind them at plus 325, yep. Astros at plus 400, Mets at plus 500, and then you have the Padres at plus 650. Man, their odds went up. The, the Padres, after that huge trade deadline, they surpassed the Braves. The Braves and the Mets are actually in the middle of a five-game series. Um, they've played two already. They split. Um, the Mets won on Thursday, and the Braves won yesterday. They play a doubleheader today. The second half of that doubleheader pits Max Freed and Max Scherzer. Great lineup. Battle of the Maxes, two aces, a great game two of that doubleheader. It's bounced around here. The Braves now three and a half games back of those Mets, um, and they get to play them. So we'll see how that series shapes out. You know, the Mets we talked about always seem to come through um, against the Braves. We'll see how the doubleheader, usually about 60% of the time they, they split the doubleheader. So... If I were to guess, I would say they probably split the doubleheader today, and then they have a Game 5 rubber match tomorrow, which will be fun to watch. Um, so we're expecting a split today, and then you're looking at the Mets going up four and a half games or dropping the two and a half games tomorrow. But that NL East race is alive and well. And you got the Phillies, who have, have won eight of their last ten. The Phillies have crept back in this thing nine games back. Um, 10 games over 500. The Phils are playing great baseball right now, too. I mean, where they should be, and to get that terrible start, uh, to fire Girardi, and uh, to be able to come back, uh, it, it's just amazing how they were. And I watched them, and I, I saw that. You know, when they had that long winning streak, they have 12, 13 games in a row that they won, yep. got them back to 500. Uh, they crept up, and now they're on a nice little streak. They are. Being able to win again three in a row right now. Uh, and again, 
you know, they have a star-studded lineup themselves out there. And, of course, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to see if they can battle and get into the, the wild card as well. Yeah. Uh, so interesting to see what they can do. But shout-out to them to be able to overcome what they did earlier in the season. They are right in the middle of this thing, Boogie. You got the, um, you know, the Braves sitting at the four line right now still and the Padres at the five. It's kind of been that way since early June. Those two have not surrendered the four and the five. You're looking at, and you know, once the Padres made this splash at the deadline, I was looking at this matchup, and I'm like, man, if this stays the four-five wild card round, a three-game series down in Atlanta, man, the Brave that Braves team, the defending champs against the Padres, who made all those moves, um, you know, the Braves may have the pitching advantage. I mean, they could hit. They signed Austin Riley. They got Acuna healthy again. That four, five, three-game series, if it stays like this, Braves-Padres would be an awesome series to watch. But what's even more awesome than that is you have the Phillies, and then you have the NL Central race here is deadlocked. The Cardinals and the Brewers both are 58 and 48. Same record as the Phillies. Now, let me break this down for you how this works, right? Yeah, break it down. If it ends... If it ends just like this, with all three of these teams having the same record, you're going to have three consecutive tiebreaker games. Wow. So, you're going to have, for the National League Central, the Cardinals play the Brewers. Whoever wins that game will get the three seed. Mm. Okay? Whoever loses that game will play the Phillies for the six seed. Wow. So... Literally, you get three teams for two spots. Now, the funny part is, is let's say whoever the NL Central winner is, if that loser of that game beats the Phillies, you get to revisit that same matchup in a three-game series. That's crazy. So it could finish any type of way. If it finishes like this, though, the Phillies' only shot is essentially a winner-go-home game right. against the loser, that NL Central tiebreaker. But... As of right now, you have not only a two-way tie for the three seed, but you have a three-way tie for the six seed right now. That's unbelievable. That NL is tight. The NL has absolutely, the cream has risen to the top, if you will, as Mm -hmm. the Rockies and Diamondbacks fell out of this thing. The Marlins recently fell out of this thing. The Giants are the one team in the danger zone. They're sitting... On a four-game losing streak right now. They got rid of Darren Ruff at the deadline. A lot of people talked about them getting rid of Carlos Rodon, but they held on to him. Shows me the Giants still want to fight and win this thing. They have a relatively simple series up there in Oakland. Um, so you would think that they should be able to to take care of business against their crosstown rival, the A's. As they start a little quick two-game series. You would think, but the Giants have lost four in a row. And the yes. A's actually won a, a series. They're playing a little bit better ball lately. And yeah. they just won against the lowly Angels in yeah. a series. Yeah. And uh, the Giants just uh, couldn't beat the Dodgers. So, obviously, that was not a shocker. But, uh, you know, they are struggling. So, we will see what happens. They're four games under five hundred at this point, yeah. And the A's are starting to play a little bit better ball, even though they're still really bad. Exactly. And you know, you have a Giants team that's four games under 500 and seven games back of the wild card. They are in the danger zone. You know, we've been talking about them this whole year. They, they've been in this thing the whole time. They've they've occupied a wild card spot mm-hmm. or they've only been a couple of games back. Right. This four game losing streak combined with 
everybody else winning has really hurt them. And Big time. They could be, if they don't turn this around in the next couple weeks, they could be on their way out the door, which if they are, you will be looking at an NL playoff race, seven teams for six spots. Damn, and wow. it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and we'll have to see how it all pans out. Anything can happen, but it looks to me like if you're going to be an NL playoff team, you're going to need to be at least 10 to 20 games over 500 as our three-way tie for the sixth seed as well as the NL Central's two-way tie. All of these teams are 10 games above 500. Yeah, and we're going to see soon. I mean, the Cardinals are going to play the Brewers, uh, and then the Brewers are also going to be playing uh, very shortly to the Dodgers. So that's going to uh, kind of be a very competitive situation there where they're going to have to they're going to have to keep winning. The Brewers Cardinals, they're going to have some tough games ahead and they'll, you know, back and forth. We'll see what happens. It's totally totally going to open up and as we kind of transition here into our slate of games. Now the good thing about the slate of games that we're giving out today, a lot of games today too. There's 17 games. We have two doubleheaders. Um, our first game is the Braves and the Mets, Game 1. Oda Rizzi making his debut for Atlanta against uh, Peterson for the Mets. That's Game 1 of the doubleheader. Game 2, obviously, we talked about Scherzer and Max Fried. You have a Marlins team that is recently out of this playoff race against the Cubs team, a pretty much meaningless game. I don't know why FS1 is even broadcasting this game. but Because um, it's the Cubs. Pablo Lopez against Smiley, and then you have an Angels-Mariners doubleheader starting with uh, Beria against Kirby in Game 1, and then Game 2 of the day-night doubleheader pits Reed Detmers and Flexen. Now, we're not going to touch any of those games, and what's good about today's pod is, as of right now, it's 9.20 a.m. Pacific time, and our first game in chronological order that we're giving out is not till 2 o'clock. Perfect. A lot of time. So you guys have literally, we're going to get this out to you guys by 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific time, and you're going to have four hours to get these picks written down and bet your games. Um, I kind of spoiled this earlier of our first pick. Me and Boogie actually have the same first pick, and uh, we're fading my Pirates. The Pirates were in the midst of a long losing streak, losing seven games in a row, and then they swept the Brewers, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Which That's what's allowed the Cardinals to sneak back into this and be tied with the Brewers. The Orioles got a one nothing victory yesterday against the Pirates. Dean Kramer took a shutout into the seventh and then gave it away to that Baltimore bullpen. Kramer, a really bounce-back start. I remember I bet him the last time he started, he got hit around a little bit. Now they bring Austin Voss to the mound, who has been very good this year um, in a little bit of work. You know, 2-8-4 ERA, 1-1. One one. He's only pitched 31 innings, but... He's been really good. And the Pirates' bats can go super cold. And you got JT Brubaker today. And Brubaker was actually the opening day starter for the Pirates. He was supposed to be the ace of the staff, pitching anything like an ace of a staff. JT Brubaker is 2-9 with a 4-4-0 ERA and a 1.49 whip. Um, he loses command of his fastball a lot. He can't. He walks a lot of people. And um, he gives up a lot of home runs. Mm. 11 home runs given up this season. We talked about how the Orioles have been fighting and fighting and fighting. And the fact that they're a game and a half back with the opportunity to play one of the worst teams in baseball, my Pirates, with low line value today, Baltimore only minus $1.53. Bookie nice first ray, bro. Baltimore, one of those AL East teams we talked about, too. 
right here's the thing you know orioles like i said before are competing they're fighting and it's amazing of where they're at from where they were a couple of years the last couple of years especially um if i'm looking at this game and doing a little bit of a deep dive uh you know you got brew baker on the mound this is more of a bet against and a bet for on the orioles a bet against the pirates um, you know, when Brew Baker pitches, he's not very good on the mound. So when he is not pitching in PNC, he is just horrible. He comes in two and nine with a four point four zero ERA. Like I said before, the Orioles are competing. They are. They're fighting. I'm going to take the Orioles. They should have no problem today against JT Brubaker. Not at all. And this Orioles team is actually 30 and 20 at Camden Yards. So, a very good home team, good home atmosphere. Not a far travel for the Pirates, but the Pirates are 19 and 34 on the road, 15 games below 500 against a team that's in the midst of an American League, a loaded American League East, a loaded American League in general, in the middle of that wild card race. Only a game and a half back. So, if they could get a win and maybe get a loss from one of the teams above them, they could be creeping their way up the ladder and tightening this race up. And I look for them to do that today. I don't think Baltimore will slip up against the Pirates today. I think they get a W. Um, Pirates are 20 games below 500 this season. So should be an easy win. Austin Voth, he's been good in short work. And I, I, we like both of us, our first pick. Pick one for me and Boogie, the Baltimore Orioles minus $1.53 to defeat the Pittsburgh Pirates. Yes, sir. That's going to be one of two similar picks. Our second pick that we're going to go together will be our last game, and we'll talk about that later. But, Boogie, for your second pick, we head to 3.05 p.m. Pacific time, 6.05 Eastern in Philadelphia. The Phillies, we mentioned, another team that's very, very hot right now. With a guy who's turned his season around, Ranger Suarez on the mound, seven and five with a three six zero. I remember a few weeks back, his ERA was over five. He has had a he's put together a five straight quality starts, and he's been pitching very well, getting back to last year's form where, when he had one of the best ERAs in all of baseball. He's taken on Patrick Corbin, who's had a good career, but this year has been the worst season of his career. He leads the uh, he leads Major League Baseball in losses. He has four wins and 15 losses with a 6.57 ERA, 1.77 whip, and 156 hits given up in 109 and two-thirds innings and 19 homers given up. Did I mention that the Phillies hit lefties Brutally, they're in the midst of a four-game series against these guys where they can really pick up some ground. They beat them 5-4 in a rainout game that was shut out in the fifth inning. So they cut the game, but it was a win for the for the Phillies there. And then yesterday, a 7-2 victory. They're up 7-0 early in that game. Cruz, the Nationals got a couple of runs late. Easy run line win there for the Phillies. And uh, Boogie, with this matchup here... Um, we talked about the Phillies creeping back into the East, being tied for the wild card, the sixth seed here, you know, trying to keep pace. Can't afford to lose to the Nationals. I mean, the Nationals are 36 games below 500 at 36 and 72. Looking for a big offensive showing from the Phils today. Yeah, I like Ranger Suarez today. He comes in 7-5, 3.60 ERA. Uh, this Nationals team, it's just... Uh, They're the worst. There's just going to be thrown in the towel already. This team is not good. Uh, surprised, but Patrick Corbin, 4-15 with almost a 7.0 ERA at a 6.57. Corbin... 
has had a horrible year this year. Last year was not good either. As you remember, when the Nationals won the World Series, Corbin was an all-star. He has two all-star appearances as well. Yeah. But he has fallen off big time. This Nationals team basically has just thrown in the towel, like I said. Phillies are on fire. Give me the Phillies today on the run line. I like them and their bats to take care of business over this not very good Patrick Corbin and Nationals team. Phillies, they have, remember also the Nationals lost two bats in Josh Bell and Juan Soto. They're so two best bats. They're two best bats as well. Yeah. So give me the Phillies minus one and a half runs, minus only $1.30 on the value play. Phillies minus one and a half, minus one thirty, and we talked about this. The Mets and Braves playing each other so many times to be able to beat each other up, and nobody really able to pull away. The Phillies have a really oppor- a really good opportunity, which is why I put them on our NL East radar here. Nine games back, but look at this boogie. Today and tomorrow's game 11 and 12 against the Nationals. They still got to play these guys six more times. Yeah, this would be a nice little uh, pickup of wins for them, and they yeah. should be able to at least creep up a little bit and just kind of chalk them up. You got to still go out there and play, but obviously they should have no problem with this Nationals team. A big opportunity for them at. Update on Bryce Harper. He has been put on the 10 day IL as of August the 4th. So. By about mid-August, you're going to be getting your best player back as well. So you're in the midst of a race here. You want to secure a wild card, if not the division. And the Phillies have a great opportunity to keep winning games here at home against the worst team in baseball. I like that pick. You're doing a good job so far, Boogie. Fading the Pirates uh, and fading the Nationals. There ain't nothing wrong with doing that at any given time. Shame that uh, Bryce Harper can't play against his uh, former team, too. Yeah. But uh, hopefully he gets healthy real soon. My second play, I'm going to go down to Texas, and I'm going to take a shot at a dog here. The Rangers are 12 games behind, uh, b- below 500, nine and a half back on the wild card. They are in the danger zone, as we like to say, because when we do our playoff uh, – Picture, if you're double-digit games back of a playoff spot, you don't even show up on our radar. Hence why the Marlins, Diamondbacks, and Rockies are no longer being discussed in our playoff race. The Rangers are essentially in winner-go-home mode at this point. Um, they, they throw Dane Dunning today. His numbers are a little inflated as uh, he's a 4-3 OERA, but he's pitched pretty well his last few starts. And Michael Kopech is going for the White Sox. Um a little bit of a better ERA, a little bit of a better of a season in general. But uh, the White Sox are just so up and down. They're in the midst of a playoff race. Um, I'm pretty much looking for the Rangers to stay on my sheet for tomorrow's playoff outlook and stay single-digit games back. They are in the danger zone. But being at home, plus 105, Taking a shot with the Rangers is my second play. I've I've actually had the Rangers a good bit this year. They've been yeah. up and down. Um, plus units on the Rangers, though, because they're always a dog. So I'm going to take a, a stab at the Rangers to stay alive here and get the win and beat the White Sox today at plus 105 at home. Boogie, boogie, run lines. <laughs> you skipped one. We're going to go right back up above that one. Oh, you want to go You want to go with the total first? Yes, sir. All right, so... Boogie's third pick, we are going with a total. Astros and the Guardians here. Now, this is 3.10 p.m. Pacific time. Luis Garcia against Cal Contral. Now, Garcia's 8-7 with a 3.81 ERA, and Cal Contral 7-5 with a 4.08 ERA. 
Both have had some good starts. Both have had some bad starts, but they give up both a lot of home runs. Garcia's given up 18 dingers, and Cal Contral has given up 16. Uh, Cal Contral has the ability to potentially get hit a lot. It's well documented that both of these lineups are pretty lethal, especially we talked about the addition of Trey Mancini to this Astros lineup. Um, you have Jose Ramirez and Andres uh, Jimenez on the other side. So you got good lineups each way. The uh, the Twins have played well. Now here's the kicker is you have uh, the Astros with a 2-0 uh, lead here in this series, a 6-0 win at Cleveland, and then a 9-3 win yesterday. They scored 12 yesterday. Um, Boogie, you're looking at over under eight and a half here with uh, Quantrill against Garcia. Yeah, Cal Quantrill should be able to give up some runs. Um, and this Indians or Indians mistake box there, my friends. Whatever, I'll still call them the Indians. The Guardians, sorry about that. The Guardians were on a streak until recently. Uh, I think it was like nine, ten games in a row where the over was hitting yeah. uh, at a crazy pace. Um, again, they went over yesterday. This Astros team will take care of business, most likely win the game, but I am leaning on this 8.5. I think this is way too low. I think this is a double-digit scoring runs total. Yeah. Uh, I think the Astros-Guardians game goes over 8.5, minus $1.15 only. I think there's really good value there. Um, and so that's where I'm leaning for my third pick, Astros-Guardians, over 8.5, minus $1.15. Pick number three for Boogie, Astros Guardians over 8.5, minus 115. Now, it's not a Yankees over, but Boogie, I mean, Boogie giving out overs is the bats usually get going, they get barreled a ball, and they're able to hit a lot. So we will monitor that game. That is his third pick, the over in Cleveland and Houston. My third pick, I'm go down to Target Field, or no, I actually am going to go to Kansas City first. Kauffman Stadium, Kansas City, Missouri, 4.10 p.m., the Boston Red Sox and the Kansas City Royals. Royals are 23 games below 500 and 8 games below 500 at home, and they're throwing Daniel Lynch, who has a 4-7 and record, a 4.70 ERA, and a 1.55 whip. The Red Sox boast Nathan Eovaldi, who well-documented, a good postseason career, Red Sox are in the midst of a playoff race as we speak. We know they've been up and down. They're still alive, though, three and a half games back of the wild card spot. And you look at this team that came off a 7-4 victory yesterday. Right now, this series is tied 1-1. Huge opportunity for the Bo Sox to continue winning and keep pace with these other teams in the American League wild card race. Hence why I'm going with Boston today. The line actually just dropped. Boston is now minus $1.45. Go get that why it's hot. The Royals trying to play spoiler, but not today, my friend. Uh, throwing a lefty in Lynch, and uh, I'll tell you this, the Red Sox really hit lefties very well. They got a lot of good bats on that side. Led by Rafael Devers, who is their team's triple crown leader with uh, leading them in home runs average and RBIs. I think the Red Sox take care of business today. They go to Kansas City. They beat a team that has nothing to play for. And the Red Sox get a win to tighten up that wild card race a little bit more. We'll see if they can pick up some ground, but I think they get a win today. Boston Red Sox, Barron's third pick, minus $1.45 to beat the Royals. Boogie, we kind of rewind in time. We go to 3.10 p.m. Comerica Park, Detroit, Michigan. Now, these two teams are in the midst of a four-game series, and the Rays 
defeated the Tigers on Thursday 6-2 and defeated the Tigers again 5-3 yesterday. Tigers are batting one of the lowest teams in hitting in the major leagues at a 226 team average. Garrett Hill is hurling for the Tigers and in 26 innings pitched, he has gotten just roped. 1-3 with a 5.88 ERA and he's going against the American League Cy Young hopeful Shane McClanahan, who actually got hit a little bit his last start. Looking for a bounce back outing out of Shane McClanahan, a 10-4 record with a 2.07 ERA, under one whip. You're looking at McClanahan or Verlander for the American League Cy Young. And what a better team to go against for a bounce back start than the worst hitting team in all of baseball. The Rays are... Right in the midst of a playoff race, sitting at that five seed, a half a game up on the Mariners and two games back of the Blue Jays for the four seed. So must-win mode for the Rays to stay right where they are and uh, can't see them dropping a game here against the worst-hitting team in baseball with the best pitcher in baseball on the mound. Glad you set me up big time here, my friend. Lob it up, bro. I mean, this is just an easy game for me. Um, I mean, they've already won by multiple multiple runs the Rays have over this Detroit team. Now they're in the midst of playing against the uh, American League All-Star game starter uh, in Shane McClanahan. Yes, he did have a tough start coming back uh, after the All-Star break. I think he bounces back today, bounces back big time. Uh, this kid's got only a 2.07 ERA. The Tigers just cannot score. They can't get out of their own way on offense. Um, and then, of course, like you said, you got this kid Hill on the mound. Uh, small sample size for him uh, in what he's been doing, and it hasn't been good. I mean, he's 1-3 with a 5.88, like you said. He's only got 11 strikeouts this season. This will be his first career game against the Rays. And I think that the Rays take care of business today. This should be an easy game. McClanahan's 1-1 one one with only a 1.50 ERA as well in 14 strikeouts in his career against the Tigers. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, this is something that I'm leaning on the Rays big time today. Minus 1.5, minus $1.45. Raise minus one and a half, minus a dollar forty-five to go and blow out the Tigers today at Comerica Park. Before we dig into our combo, uh, fifth pick, that fifth pick combo actually, you're gonna have two ways to bet it. So I'm very excited to announce our fifth pick on the docket. But before that, I got to give my fourth one out, and I'm getting back on the Dylan Bundy train today, books. Bundy. Mitch White was acquired from the Dodgers from the Toronto for the Toronto Blue Jays. He's making his Blue Jays debut today in Minnesota. Taking on Dylan Bundy. These two teams are in the midst of a four-game series. Blue Jays won 9-3 on Thursday, and the Twins with a 6-5 amazing win yesterday in extra innings. This series is tied 1-1. You know. I can't really get my finger on Dylan Bundy, man. Every time I fade him, he pitches well. I actually rolled with him on Sunday last time he pitched, and he got hit around a bit. It's hard for me, but i got to try to stick with him today. Debuts are a little tough. Most of these teams that acquired pitchers at the deadline that are making the debuts, they've been good. But Twins hold and serve at home. We talked earlier during our AL Central Outlook that the Twins have not been able to uh, surrender their place on that mountaintop of the American League Central. I mean, this team, this is the sixth game that these teams have played this year. 
The Twins have won three, and the Blue Jays have won three. So you got uh, you got a Twins Blue Jays series here that looking like pretty much a. Oh, I'm sorry. The Twins won three, and the Blue Jays won two. This is Game Six. Um, I like them to hold serve. I think Bundy pitches just well enough, and uh, Mitch White. It's a tricky debut. There's a trend of uh, pitchers acquired at the deadline that have pitched well in their debuts. I don't think this is a good spot for Mitch White um, pitching in Minnesota. And uh, I like the Twins today as a home dog. Plus 112, getting good value against a pitcher that they've probably never faced before. So, um, yeah, my second dog, Minnesota Twins, plus $1.12 to beat the Blue Jays today. They're going to hold, hold serve in that AL Central. Um, they're going to knock the Blue Jays down a bit. I look for this AL wild card. These standings we're looking at to tighten up. You know, you're looking at a Blue Jays loss today potentially. You know, a Rays win that'll tighten that up a little bit. We don't know what's going to happen with uh, Seattle today. What they're going to do in their doubleheader? So fireworks could fly there. You can have an Orioles team creeping up there. You know, a Guardians team potentially if they can beat the Astros. So I'm looking at a whole bunch of. Uh, Craziness happening today in the AL side. I and mean, that, even the Yankees have a chance to lose today, too. Yeah, against the Cardinals. We, we talked about the Yankees-Cardinals matchup with Jordan Montgomery making his Cardinals debut against his former team. That'll be an emotional debut for him. So, you know, I'm going to go with the Twins plus $1.12 to tighten up this AL, uh, AL race here. And uh, our last game, we head to the last game of the night, 6-10 p.m. Dodger Stadium. My Lord. Um... These guys are playing some inspired baseball. No I mean, doubt about that. They just they just keep winning games. Um, another four game sweep in San Francisco. They've covered the run line all six games too that they've won. Their bats are getting going, man. Max Muncie was he's turning it around. Mookie, Freddie Freeman, Trey Turner, Gavin Lux, Will Smith. I mean, they got this rookie James Altsman who's been hitting like eight hundred since he got called up. The Dodgers just know how to win games, and they are hosting the Padres today. Now, this line's a little short today because Clevenger has pitched very well this year, three and three with a three-one-three ERA since coming off the disabled list a couple of couple of uh, months back. Andrew Haney, though, the Dodgers see something in Haney, and he pitched against the Giants uh, earlier this week and threw a really good game. Um, he's one and zero with a .77 and a .99 WHIP. I look for Haney today to have a good outing. Now, we have two different ways you can bet this, and I bet you you can guess how. <laughs> you can have the Barons' conservative approach or Boogie's got to have the balls to get the Bucks approach. Got you know, There's a lot of different approaches I use for your betting. Of course. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah. Um, you know, got to go for the gusto, <laughs> so to speak. Um, I'm going a more conservative route. The Dodgers are only minus $1.50, and they're 36-15 and 15 at home, and they haven't lost since Vince Scully, the legendary broadcaster, passed away. Rest in peace, Rest Vince in Scully. Rest in peace, Vince Scully. Uh, just, uh, just cementing himself as the best announcer ever in the game of baseball. And uh, the Dodgers are playing inspired since then. When things like that happen, you tend to play your best sport no matter what it is. Dodgers on the money line. Andrew Haney and the Dodgers bats take care of business against Clevenger. Minus $1.50 for the Baron. I'm glad that you said that, too, with Vince Gulley because, uh, I mean, 94-year-old, amazing uh, Dodger announcer. Uh, rest in peace to him. And uh, that crowd was just unbelievable yesterday in blue heaven. Uh, you know, and something we didn't mention earlier as well in the pod, and can't forget this, 
We lost as a, a great American sports hero in the amazing 88-year-old Bill Russell as well. Yeah. Earlier this week. Rest in peace. So RIP to him. Uh, Two legends, man. Amazing. Yep. So going to this Dodgers game, I mean, you got Andrew Haney on the mound, 1-0. I mean, I remember when this kid was on the, the Angels. Mm -hmm. He was decent. Uh, but, you know, let's face it. He was playing on the Angels, okay? Correct. So bottom line is, is this Dodgers team, I mentioned it last weekend, and I'll mention it again today. The fact of the matter is that the Dodgers win when they're winning games, when they're winning games outright, nine out of ten times, over 90%, they will win by more than two runs or more. Yep. They've got this Padres team on the ropes. They know how to win. They know how to hit. And this is not a team that has Tatis yet. So Mike Clevens are not bad. Okay, He is 3-3 three and three with a 3.13 ERA. But they're playing at Dodger Stadium. They're playing in front of an emotional team and an emotional crowd this weekend yep. Dodgers stay hot give me the Dodgers minus one and a half plus a dollar 35 my friends wow, give me the it. Dodgers minus one and a half plus a dollar 35 take care of business again over these Padres Dodgers on the run line looking to continue their streak and to kind of synergize with your statement that they win 90% of their games but more than two runs so far this year, they are 6-2 and two against the Padres. They've won six of their first eight games. And Boogie, all six of those wins were by more than two runs. Go figure. And there you go. Dodgers, our last play. Um, we have uh, Dodgers money line for me, Dodgers run line for Boogie, and we're also both on Baltimore. Our other three plays, I'm going Rangers plus 105, Red Sox minus 145, and Twins plus 112. Boogie's going, uh, Phillies on the run line, minus one and a half, minus 130. Rays on the run line, minus one and a half, minus 145. And the Guardians, Astros, over eight and a half, minus $1.15. There's a whole bunch of ways for you guys to go. That is it for episode 167. We'll see you guys tomorrow for episode 168. But first, it's best bet time, Boogie. Who we got for Boogie's blockbuster best bet? Man, there's a lot of games I really love, not just like, love. But if I got to pick one game as Boogie's blockbuster best bet for today, I, again, I'm backing myself up here with the Dodgers on the run line, minus one and a half, plus $1.35. Take care of business over those Padres again. There you go. And you know what? You kind of... I was going to go Dodgers money line as my best bet, too. Um, I can go secondary, though. I, you know, you know, I'm not going to go secondary. I'm going to stick with the Dodgers. Dodgers money line, best bet for me. So both our best bets are the Dodgers money line and run line. In theory, you could take money line for a unit and run line for a unit, and if they win by more than two runs, you hit both. If something fluky happens and they win by a run, which they won't, but if they do, you'll get your money back. So either way uh, – one unit on the run line and a unit and a half on the money line. And let's ride home the Dodgers tonight. That is going to be our bet. And, Boogie, that's at 6 o'clock. Let's cash it in, baby. I cannot wait. Dodgers, Boogie and Barron's blockbuster best bet. Me on the money line, him on the run line. I feel like this has happened before, like in college basketball. I've taken a team money line, and you've taken them like minus two. And we still cash. And we cash both ways. Go get it. Dodgers tonight. Vince Scully, Dodger Stadium. And it's going to be a very emotional series. Blue heaven, baby. And you don't think the Dodgers know about all this hype the Padres are getting at the trade deadline. Yeah. Hey, guess what? We've still beaten you six of the first eight games, six of which all six wins. 
by more than two runs, and we have a 13-and-a-half game lead in the division. And, you know, once we beat you tonight and beat you tomorrow, we will have an eight-game winning streak and be 15-and-a-half games above you in the division. You're out, San Diego. Uh, it was funny. Uh, Anchor Man reminded me, go F yourself, San Diego. <laughs> It reminded me of that. But uh, Blue Heaven, Dodger Stadium, the night is going to be an electric atmosphere. You're going to get to see Soto, and you're going to see those guys on the Padre side. But at the end of the day, we are looking at the Los Angeles Dodgers. Money line minus 150, run line plus $1.25. Dollar dollar plus 135. So, like I said, uh, we use a unit system. One unit on minus 1.5 plus 135, and a unit and a half risk on the money line. And if you do that, you will be up. Let me do some math real quick. Uh, 1.35 plus 1. 2.35 units you will be up today. So congratulations. Uh, go Dodgers. Uh, Blue Heaven, baby. It's 9.45 a.m. And episode 167 is over. We'll see you guys tomorrow for episode 168. Baron out. Boogie out.